here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. I'm excited to bring the Word to you guys and to myself this morning Um, because His Word is such a powerful source of life. It changes every single part of our being and it changes every single part of our life. Now, um, this morning I really want to invite you, not challenge you, because it sounds like I'm going to throw an ice bucket of water over you or something. I want to invite you to not just sit through another service. I don't think God intends any Sunday morning to be just another Sunday morning. But we humans are creatures of habit, aren't we? And uh, we do tend to sometimes just get into a nice groove, and a comfortable groove. And I really believe that this Sunday, like every Sunday, God has such a desire to radically impact your life. Even if your life is already awesome. So I want you to just kind of give your heart a bit of a shake, a bit of a caffeine shot, and just be expectant. Because you can sit in any meeting and leave exactly the way you came or leave 100% changed. And it's entirely up to you. It's not up to the anointing in the room. It's not up to how spirit-filled the worship was. It's not up to the speaker to rile you up. It's entirely up to you because the Holy Spirit is here. He's present in all his fullness. He's on the inside of you with all of his creative power and glory. And he loves you. And he wants to minister to you this morning the way that you need to be ministered to right now. He knows your heart. He knows your circumstances. He knows what's going to happen this week. He knows what's going to happen in the next 50 years. Some of us might think we'd like to know what's going to happen in the next decade or two, but I think we probably really don't. It's probably better that we just take it as it comes and hold Jesus' hand along the way. But God really has an overwhelming desire to come like that lightning that Jerusha was describing and really encourage, exhort, strengthen, and impact you today. So let him. You don't have to. He's not going to be mad at you if you don't. But you are going to miss out and the world is going to miss out if you don't. Now, as we start, I want you to focus and think of all your problems. Bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. I know normally we come to church and it's a good thing and it's right. And say, forget about all your problems and just focus on Jesus. And that's good. And that's right. Okay. But just for a moment, from the safety of Jesus' lap that you're sitting on right now, as we had such an awesome time of worship, just think about your problems that you had this week, the challenges, the things that were hard, okay? Because so often, we come to church and we forget about our problems for that hour and a half. Or if you're really holy and you attend two services for those three hours, Okay. And we experience the love of Jesus and we hear truth and we say amen. And then we go back to our week and deal with all our problems in the way that wasn't working last week. And we just keep going. Okay. We need to 
actually experience Jesus, focus on him, but then let him actually impact us in such a way that we take him into our problems in the week. So, so now I just want you to think for a few minutes. Think about the things that you're struggling with, okay? Because again, so often what we think we're doing is we're focusing on Jesus, but what we're actually doing is either denial or positive thinking, okay? And that's why things aren't changing. Okay. Now, we all have problems. Some of us look like we have more problems than others. Some of us look like we don't have any problems at all. We all have problems. Okay. Now, the world and even the Christian community gives us a lot of very complicated answers to those problems. Okay, you have problems in your marriage. Okay, work on your communication. Do this. Um, you have problems with your in-laws. Work on boundaries. You have problems in your business. Apply these proverbs. Okay, there's a lot of it. It makes it very complicated. Okay, so this morning, I'm going to give you a very simple solution to every single problem that you have. Is that exciting? <laughs> and when I give you the solution the very simple solution to every single problem that you're currently facing, you are going to want to resist my answer. Okay? I once listened to someone for speaking to me for two hours on the phone moaning about their problems. And then when they were done, I said, okay, well, all I can share with you is the truth that I know, and that is this. This is your answer. And she said, is that it? And I said, Yes. And she said, so I just waited two hour, wasted two hours of my time. And I'm like, yes, you, I was going to say that you also wasted two hours of mine, but I didn't. <laughs> so you guys can be proud of me for that. Okay. So you're going to want to resist the simplicity of this answer. And my goal with this answer is that you feel encouraged, equipped, and strengthened. It's not for you to feel condemned or misunderstood. Okay? The world makes the answers to our problems very complicated. Okay, but I want you to just try this with me for one week, even just a day. I promise you it'll work. Okay? In Romans 8 verse 6, and you all know this, it says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, I want to put to you that regardless of your problem, if you could have life and peace in the midst of whatever situation you're finding yourself, you won't have a problem. Because what is it that we really need out of life? We're all on a mission to share Jesus and his love with the world. That's why we're here. If it wasn't for that, you would have gone to heaven already and be in perfect fullness, joy, happiness, and holiness. Okay, that's awesome. We're all going to be there one day. That's why we're here. Okay? We cannot control our circumstances or the world. We've all learned that. But if we have life and peace. Isn't that what we all really want? A lot of us, and it's always fear-based, a lot of us try to control our circumstances. 
You want to fix your circumstances because you think if you can fix your circumstances, you'll have life and peace. If I can just fix my finances, if I can just fix my relationships, if I can just fix my job, if I can just fix my marriage, if I can just sort out this problem, I will have life and peace and I will feel better and my life will be life in abundance. Okay? And so often, Christianity has become a way of managing your circumstances. Because of our fear, we want to control our circumstances, so we want to use Christian tools to control our circumstances. And we do have authority. And we do have power. But it doesn't mean you can control all your circumstances. And you can't wait till you can control all your circumstances for you to have life and peace. How do we have life and peace? It actually all comes down to one thing. Are you trusting, living from a place where you're trusting and relying on a good, good father? Or are you living from a place of fear and trying to protect yourself? I like saying when we speak about marriage and, and relationships that every single marriage problem you have is at the root that you don't trust God. People don't like hearing that because they think that every marriage problem that they have at the root is their spouse not acting the way they should. Okay? <laughs> every single, and I, I dare you. You can bring me, I want to take this to the rest of your life. Bring me any problem you have. And I will take you back. If you unpack that problem, the only reason why it's a problem for you, really, is because you're not trusting and living from a place of rest and trust in relationship with a good, faithful, and loving father. Yes, your finances might be really tight. You might not have food to eat. Okay? And it might be because your spouse is spending money on lottery tickets or something, you know, crazy like that. So you're angry with your spouse. Your spouse is not your problem. If you really just believe that God is a good father and he's taking care of you, you would have life and peace. I want you to quickly go to 1 Corinthians 14, no, 15, sorry, verse 45. And I'm not saying that if you're having a bad day or something's bothering you, you're being carnally minded and you should be spiritually minded, okay? I'm not doing that to you because the Lord says in the Psalms that he knows that we are dust, okay? He understands the things that we struggle with because we're human, Okay? You can ask my boys how often I'm really annoyed in one day. Okay? Often for like 60 million different reasons. <laughs> so we get carnally minded. We're carnal beings. Okay, so I'm not saying, oh, it's all your fault. You're not being spiritually minded. It's all your fault. Okay? I'm giving you freedom and life and peace on a plate. Because this is not complicated. It might be hard. It might be hard in that moment where carnally everything's coming against you. It might be hard because your flesh is feeling it. I'm not meaning your, your horribleness or your self-centeredness. I'm meaning, you, you know, you, you might be hungry, you might be cold, you might be hurting. God understands and has compassion on the things that we struggle with because we are human. And because we're still in carnal bodies and we have souls and hearts that feel. Okay? 
but he's given us a key to freedom. And that lies in our union with Christ. Now, if you go to Corinthians 15, verse 45, it says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Quickening doesn't mean you go faster. It means life-giving. Okay? You are one with Christ, which means on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit lives in his entirety, but he's a life-giving spirit, the whole of his life. And like Jerusha said, we don't understand what that means. God created this whole universe. His creative, the creative power and life force in him is unimaginable. We have that inside of us, and that gives us life. That means that whatever situation we find ourselves in at any given moment, even if it's coming against us, even if it's hard, we do not have to focus our minds on the worldly, physical difficulties. We can experience perfect life and peace because we have the source of life, the life-giving spirit, actively life-giving, not a theological concept, actively life-giving spirit on the inside of us. And we can be mindful and let our, may our minds be, allow our minds to be ruled by the fact that the life-giving spirit is on the inside of us. And we can experience life and peace all the time. And it's just a choice. I was sitting um, in, in bed the other day and I was thinking about the, the, the next day and thinking about everything that needed to help and happen and everything I felt responsible with and everything I had to bear in mind. And it felt like I was juggling 32 glass balls and I can only juggle two things. I'm not a juggler. I can juggle two oranges or something. And it felt overwhelming. And most of us try and live like that because we're not trusting and relying on the goodness of God because we actually haven't allowed him to show his goodness to us as much and his love. We're trying to just balance and manage everything. Make sure this is okay. Make sure that is okay. Make sure this person keeps loving us. Make sure this friend is happy. Make sure the finances go well. Make sure this, make sure that everything. You can live like that for a little while, but it's not sustainable. And I realized I was doing that. I was trying to keep all the balls in the air and just make sure everything is fine. And in that moment, I realized I can keep trying to do that. And that's probably not going to be very life-giving for anyone around me or to me. Or I can let go of all of that, because those balls are fictional anyway. Those balls don't really exist. I just think I have to keep them in the air. Or I can let the life-giving, life-quickening spirit overflow from the inside of me like a river, like an ocean, and the balls can float. It does mean I'm not in control, though. And that's something we all need to learn to let go of. But it's awesome. Once you realize, I was speaking to someone recently and they said, yeah, we just have to be grateful that there's a roof over our heads and food's over the table. Food's on the table, not over the table, except if you have a toddler. Um, and just, you know, you know, got food on the table, you've got a roof over your head, we should just be grateful. 
And I guess that's true. But actually, that's also not 100% true because what if there wasn't food on the table? What if there wasn't a roof over your head? Could you still have life in peace? Because we cannot control this world. I'm going to close and just uh, uh, share. Shane and I um, was watching a documentary last night about uh, Corrie Boom's life. If you haven't read her biographies or you haven't watched something like that, it's, uh, I think it was about an hour, 2013 movie called Fearless Faith, I think, Corrie Boom. And it's an, I, I would love to just t tell you guys the whole story because it, it changes my life every time I read or watch them, her story. But she, she and her sister helped hide Jews in Nazi-occupied Holland, the Netherlands, during the Second World War. They risked everything. They were caught. They were sent to one of the worst concentration camps. They lived through horrors that we can't even comprehend. And in the midst of that, they were experiencing life and peace and sharing Jesus with people. As they, as, as they were seeing people die, as they were suffering, as they were hungry, as they were being eaten by lice. Great. And it wasn't because there was something wrong with their theology and they weren't, weren't commanding the, the war to go away and Hitler to submit to Jesus. Okay? They were experiencing a life and peace in an environment where it's impossible for any human being to experience life and peace. And that is our victory. And that is within our hands and within our grasp. So, Father, we just want to thank you that you have given us freedom. You have given us your life-giving life on the inside. You have given us yourself. We are never without hope. We are never without peace. And we are never without life. Thank you that you've made it so simple for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, love. Good morning, everybody. Don't want to interrupt that, but just to continue on with that. Um, that was really great. Thank you, love. Um, yeah, Father, we just thank you for your, your presence here and that you're ministering to us. And um, we just thank you for your, your ministry just to continue as we, we continue in your word. We just open up our hearts to receive more of what you've got for us, Father. In Jesus' name. Now, as I was, um, Martin and I didn't exchange notes at all uh, uh, or talk about what we would talk about. Uh, I think until we arrived, we were going to do English service and Afrikaans service separate. <laughs> and then we decided to kind of sh shuffle it up a bit. And, you know, the last couple of days, God's been speaking to me about something specific which I wanted to bring in. And it's kind of all mixed together to, to this point. And I think... Following on from what she said, you know, we, we live in troubled times. We've all got problems. Things go wrong. Things happen. It's not fun. And, um, you know, perspective, I think, is a large part of it. 
You know, it's not just like, like what Marna was saying. It's, 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 it's seeing uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. You know, keeping our focus on heavenly things. Keeping our focus on Christ, who's seated at the right hand of the Father. What does that mean? If he's seated at the right hand, it's talking about authority. So it's, we're in that place of authority. Not just to you know, get rid of the lice or, or the Hitlers in our lives and things like that. But to be able to actually just have authority to change our attitudes to the situation so that we can actually be victorious no matter what's going on. Because so often it's not a, 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 um, a what do you call it, a, a, an environmental change that we need, although that would be great. It's just an attitude adjustment or a perspective change. Because, uh, yes, praise God, things are as good as they are. Uh, uh, but um, even when they're not going well, praise God. Uh, I've, I've been figuring this out, for a, a, laughing about this and trying to figure it out for the last couple of um, uh, months, years. But, you know, it's really, we, we, we kind of have a lot of religious things that we say and do which are just don't make any sense. Many things. But, for example, I just want to give God praise for, for his faithfulness because I got a new car today. It's not a testimony, it's a, it's a, make, a fictitious testimony. And if I had that, I would probably say that. But what happened to the person who didn't trust, or was trusting God and didn't get that? Is God still faithful? Obviously, he's still faithful. Someone dies in your family, is God still faithful? You were trusting for their, their healing? Obviously, God's still faithful. So we've got to kind of look at what do we mean by that? And we've got to stop putting it in the wrong context. You know, the, the word says God is faithful to his word, to his promise, yes. We've got to look at those things and try and understand them, but it's all, all um, uh, 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 when it's comfortable, when it's going well with us, we praise God, and then when it's not, we're trusting God. Yeah, and it's, 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 something's missing there. So, you know, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. So in your circumstances you're not going to have peace, but in him you might. In this world you'll have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I love that. You know, the, we're going to have trouble, but because you're in Christ, you can be of good cheer in the, in the trouble. So even when you're in trouble, <laughs> hopefully not because of your own uh, 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 naughtiness, or I don't know what to call that, but, but when, when things are going wrong, it's like you can still be of good cheer. You can still uh, 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 be rejoicing in the Lord. And I mean, the, the world we're living in right now, there's a lot of trouble. And it's amazing to me what Christians are focusing on at the moment. Because we're focused on everything that well, a lot of Christians, or maybe company, pres uh, company, uh, present company excluded, right? Everyone who didn't come, everyone who stayed home and watched it online, it's all their fault. We love you guys. <laughs> but, but somebody else is like this where they focused on all the wrong things. But they're not focused on the right things in the middle of these troubled times. Focusing on the trouble is the wrong thing. What, what should we be focusing on in amongst all of this? You know, that, that's the, the, a good question to ask. Okay? Because, yeah, I, 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 I don't watch really Christian television, but I hear from different people what's going on even on Christian television. And it just seems like in Christian circles, there's so, many, so much rubbish that we're focused on. Okay? 
I don't want to give examples. But, <laughs> yeah, whether it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's the apocalypse or the antichrist or 666 or whatever the case is, you know, with regards to COVID and all the in-betweens and, you know, there, there's, there's, there's truth and there's lies and there's, there's things we should know and there's things we shouldn't know. And, you know, I, I gave a word in um, Tigerberg last week. I encourage you to go listen to it on, you know, should, I, I started off with, should I get vaccinated? And I said, I've asked the question. I said, I'm going to ask, ask this question this morning. So I asked the question, and then I said, now that I've asked the question, I'm going to continue with my message. <laughs> and I said, go study it out. Go look for yourself. Go get the facts. You can't find the answer in the Bible. I'm going to keep the main thing the main thing this morning and preach the gospel. Because that's what we've got to be preaching. Yes, there are answers. Go study it out for yourself. But that's not what I'm commissioned to talk about. I'm commissioned to preach the gospel. So I'm keeping the main thing the main thing. Not preaching against government, not talking about politics, not talking about any of this stuff, but the message of the gospel. Isaiah 8. I'm going to read it from the Passion, but uh, read it in your Bible if you want. Isaiah 8, 11 to 13 says, The Lord's mighty hand rested on me. And he warned me with these words not to act like these people. Don't believe their every conspiracy rumor. And don't fear what they fear. Don't be moved or terrified. Fear nothing and no one except Yahweh, commander of the angel armies. Honor him as holy. Be in awe before him with deepest reverence. So don't believe the conspiracy rumors. Don't fear what the world fears. Just believe God and keep going. Keep the focus. You know, Matthew 28 shows us that we've got a mission. That's what we should focus on. When do we do the mission? In good times and in bad times. We do it all the time. You know, whether we, we, we're allowed to meet or not allowed to meet. I laugh every time I see somebody say, well, a pastor friend of mine, even if it's a pastor friend, I'm so glad the church can open again. And I'll challenge them. Why was your church closed? <laughs> because it's the wrong perspective. Okay? You know, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Uh, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be witnesses in all the world. You know, that, that's something good to focus on. Is the fact that you've got the Holy Spirit not just to comfort you through your troubles. We've got to stop being self-centered. He's there for you to comfort you with whatever, in whatever you're going through. Yes, awesome. But live for something bigger than yourself. Have a bigger vision than just trying to, to have a comfortable life. You know, the thing I've been meditating on a lot lately is, you know, um, uh, is my, my, probably my greatest fear. My greatest fear is getting to the end of my life and looking back and I had a nice house and a nice car and nice family and we had a nice church and that was it. Maybe we didn't struggle so much. Maybe we did, whatever. But we, were, we, had, we had nice relationships. And I'm like, God forbid. I want something more than that. I want to make an impact. I want to reach people because eternity is forever. And that, that's, you know, that's what's got to be our focus is eternity is forever. And eternity is living in you. You know, uh, um, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, you get um, Mary and Martha. You should know the story. If you don't, go read it. Matthew ch uh, chapter, or Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. 
And what's Mary doing? She's sitting at Jesus' feet. What's Martha doing? She's running around. And she's wanting to serve the Lord. She's wanting to get a, a, a meal going and all of this. And, and Jesus is there. And, you know, what would you be doing? <laughs> Everyone says, you know, the right answer. But, but what, what, you know, Martha comes and she goes, Master, uh, 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 my sister isn't helping me to prepare the meal, to get the house ready, whatever. Like, can you please tell her to, to, to get her act together? And what does Jesus say? You, you're worried. You're troubled about many things. But she's chosen the good part. And the good part is, if you read the context, to sit at my feet and hear my word. It's relationship with Jesus, which is the right focus, which leads to something else. Because if you're receiving words of life, words of life are seeds of life, which can't just stay dormant. It's going to produce something. It's going to get you into action. It's going to get you going somewhere. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. So you're an ambassador for Christ whether you like it or not. You're just either a good one or a bad one. And you can't turn it off and on. And so it's like when you're going through trouble, people are watching. That, that, that always amazes me. It's like, you know, as a Christian, there's no downtime. <laughs> you know, you're going through problems and the world is watching. How are you going to respond? And it doesn't mean now you need to perform and try and do the right thing. It just means, like Marna was saying, focus in on Christ in you, on life and peace in you, and then let your life, live your life from that, let it flow from that. But we've, we, we should be focused not in on what everything that the world is focusing on during this time, because we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So let's, let's roll with it, and rather make a difference for Jesus no matter what's going on. Yes, you've got worries, you've got stresses, you've got fears, you've got things that you need to deal with. Deal with them quickly so you can be a believer and live on the mission for Jesus. And that's not, that's not um, a legalism. That's maturity. That's, let's, hey guys, we're not just here for ourselves. Let's rise up. And be all that God's created us to be. If I started off and asked this question before I did my whatever I've just done. <laughs> if I asked the question, how many of us want to live like Jesus? Everyone would say yes. I would be interested to see what are we talking about. Because most people in our circles probably tend to think of maybe life and peace. They would add in love because you know, that's the right answer. And then we would throw in miracles, healings, power, signs, wonders, miracles. You know, miracles twice because we're more interested in that than anything else. But it's like, the, just, just living like Jesus in the sense of his focus, no thank you. Because we, we, we want the nice house, the nice car, the nice everything. We don't want to live completely like uh, everything for you, Jesus. All for you. Okay, let, let's, let's backtrack it to something easier to talk, talk about. Just forgiveness. We don't think about that. I'm not talking about you being forgiven. That's what you're assuming. But, but, but I'm talking about you forgiving other people and not holding grudges. That's how Jesus would live. Look at Stephen, the life of Stephen. He's, he's preaching, and then he gets stoned. And in the middle of dying, he's like, Father, don't, let, don't hold it to their account. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. 
Something that you all want to hear. This is exciting, more exciting maybe for, for some. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. And I mean, this is who we are in Christ. Paul's writing the letter uh, uh, of Ephesians, and he's saying, Hey, saints, you're a saint, you're a holy one. Uh, uh, what's it? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. By the which will we have been sanctified, made holy through the body of Christ once and for all. Hello, saints, holy ones. You are a saint of God. Amen. But act like it. Live like it. We want the identity. We want the credentials. We want the label. But we don't want to live like it. Or we want to live like it when it's convenient. I came on a bit strong this morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> but we, 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 we want the credentials, but we don't want to live like it. You know, the, the first half of Ephesians is really, this is who you are. The second half is, so this is how you can live. We've been going for this for 18 weeks now in, in, in Rondebosch, and, and, and we're still here. This is who you are. This is how you can live. This is who you are. You're a saint. You're a holy one. Set apart. Loved by God. Blah, blah, blah. So now this is how you can live. You get to live like Jesus. Okay? And it's interesting what Paul speaks about in what Jesus' life looks like. What, it, what, what this Christian life means lived out. Because he doesn't mention miracles. He doesn't mention healings. What does he mention? He, mean, he mentions love. He mentions things like uh, not lying. <laughs> All the things we, 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 we uh, if, if any preacher speaks about them, we always say they're being legalistic. But Paul, Mr. Grace Man, gives the foundation and the root of the Christian life, which is identity in Christ. And then he says, so now this is how you can live. Stop lying to one another. And we're like, but there's grace. <laughs> Yes, there's grace to empower you not to lie anymore. <laughs> okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. I've got a couple of different translations I'm reading things from, but the Passion says, And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you, uh, within as your new life, and live in union with Him. So this is what, what Magna was talking about. And we experience this transformation and we start to live like Jesus as we embrace what's our reality on the inside. It's not automatic. Okay? For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. For you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth, for we all belong to one another. So if you're lying to someone, especially within the household of God, you're lying to yourself. So it's speaking about being truthful because that's what we do. That's who we are. This is who you are. I mean, we all know other people, especially if they're famous Christians, who they lie and then it kind of discredits their ministry, discredits everything they've ever done or you know, or other worse sins than that. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's wrong. But at the same time, it's, 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 there's grace to overcome and there's grace for them when they've made a mistake. But at the same time, it's like, 
we, we get to live like this, but we're more focused on other things, not on trying to live this life or letting Christ live it through us. Verse 29 to 30. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. I mean, that's a good challenge. <laughs> you know, most of us can, 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 can um, adjust our conversation just by focusing on those few words. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Yeah, I'll stop that line there before we go on. But it's like our words are gifts to people. They're either building them up or breaking them down. And as you focus in on your, like most people going through a tragedy, what are they doing? They focus on themselves and what everyone's not doing for them and what everyone should be doing for them. We're not really outward focused and realizing, okay, you know what? I'm living forever. So even though we're all going through this tragedy, there's a world and, and it's, it's traumatic for people, I can be a pillar here and actually impact eternity by not focusing on myself, but by being a blessing. Okay, and, 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 and my words, how I speak to people, are at least one of the easiest gifts that I can give. Whether I'm speaking to the teller at spa, or whether I'm talk, speaking to the car guard, or whether I'm speaking to um, the neighbor, or whatever. I don't know who you speak to. <laughs> but your words are a gift to be able to build them up and encourage them. Now let's read from the, the King James, verse 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You know, so he's saying, lay aside all bitter words. You could even say temper tantrums. Put it aside. So it's not saying that now that you're a Christian, you're never going to have a temper tantrum. It's saying, take that temper, temper tantrum and put it aside. Stop it. You know, what he's saying is, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter, if this is a bit strong for you, just go meditate on chapters 1, 2, and 3 in, in Ephesians, and just live there for a few weeks, and then move on to the rest of it. Because what he's saying is, is like, this is who you are, my child. This is who you are in Christ. Isn't this awesome? Now grow up. Mature. Start living like Jesus, because you are like Jesus. Okay? Verse 32. Be kind. One to another. Tender-hearted. All those people who didn't come, you must get the CD and give it to them. So that they can start being kind to us. <laughs> Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So what has God done there? He has forgiven you. Okay? He has forgiven you. I'm going to come back to this now. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, Jesus says, If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. After the cross, now all of a sudden it changes. Colossians 3, verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man has a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, also do. So now all of a sudden, you're after the, 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 the death and resurrection, we've got this uh, 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 um, verse 32 from Ephesians 4. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, forgive others. So 
You know, we've got to remember Jesus, the words of Jesus need to be taken in context. And sometimes he's speaking to legalists and he's, he, he, he's, he's ministering under the law. He's not ministering under grace, even though he's ministering grace. So sometimes he's packaging it. But we mustn't fall into the, the trap of thinking that I need forgiveness from God, so I need to forgive. Because that's the wrong motivation. We want to forgive people. Why? Because we're forgiven. We want to, what, is, what do I mean by forgiveness? Well, someone offended you. Someone hurt you. Now, I'm, I'm sharing this with you, obviously, because you're going to meet people this week who have unforgiveness, and you can minister this to them. Because obviously this doesn't apply to us. Okay? God put me, this word on my heart for us to share with other people. That, that, hey, you know, people have hurt you. You know, we're going out there and saying, people have hurt you. People have offended you. People have stabbed you in the back. People have, 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 have just um, been mean, ugly, nasty. And you should forgive them because God has forgiven you. And so don't try and forgive them. Hey, focus in on how much He's forgiven you. And it'll, well, it'll start to stir up within you where all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't hold this against you. Now, I can't, I can't hold this against you. I forgive you. So verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. So, I mean, just the, the fact that he uses the word tender-hearted there shows that this is a heart issue. It's not just an action issue. The family of God is family where heart needs to be involved. It's not just we treat one another cordially and uh, get along and shake hands or whatever that is called. You know, we, 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 we're, we're, um, we're family and hearts need to be connected. So from the heart we forgive one another and you know, obviously then it starts to um, overflow into our actions and the way we treat one another. But we need to forgive we need, because... He's forgiven us. And as we focus in on that, I mean, it says there, uh, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. It flows into chapter 5. And straight away, so he says, even as God has, for Christ's sake, forgiven you, be ye therefore followers of God, be imitators of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us. So all this is showing us is focus in on Him and how He loves you and how much He's forgiven you. And as you do that, it becomes easier to live like Jesus and then let people go when they offend you and when they hurt you. Because, you know, even if you're perfect now, someone's going to hurt you. Someone's going to upset you. Someone's not going to treat you right. And, you know, I, I even had that the last... Maybe months, I can't remember when. And I can't even remember the situations, right? But the, 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 you know, people do things and they hurt you and they offend you and you've got to have this moment of you're either going to be bitter towards them. You might, they might never know. That's the amazing part. But, but, but it's like at least, it, 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 and this is the point, it affects you more than it affects them. You know, it, it, bitterness, uh, have you ever seen someone who's just, just like twisted, like they, they've, they've held on to something for so long and, and, and they're just like, 
bitter and they're twisted and it's like there's just this one little thing that, that they've just held on to for so long and they haven't let it go. And the person that hurt them is doing fine. <laughs> like they're okay. Like it's not a problem for them. And then, I mean, you, you've seen situations like this. Like then, then you go, you know, you really hurt me. How? What did I do? And then it's like, well, when you did X, I didn't even realize that I did that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did realize and they forgot it. But the point is, is that we should just let it go. If you need to sing the song, sing the song. <laughs> and then let it go. But the point is, is just walk a life like Jesus, where it's like, it's okay. I mean, imagine, um, I can't remember what the program is called. No, not that one. I'm thinking more spiritual. It's called Superbook. <laughs> it's a Bible program. And uh, my kids haven't watched that, what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So we were watching Superbook this morning. And uh, uh, in this, uh, the, 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 they showed the, the, they didn't show the stoning of Stephen, but they, they, they you know, <laughs> it got there. And I can't remember how they did it, but they basically were just showing how he was falling to his knees and saying, and it was all animated, just saying, um, uh, uh, Father, forgive them, don't hold this to their account. And it's just amazing how, I mean, that's probably the extreme case. But how easy is it for us, you know, someone just um, forgot your birthday, or something. And then it's like, oh, they don't love me. And then every time you see them for the next six months, you just, they just don't know what's wrong with you. They don't know what's happening. They, then they're kind of like, how do I deal with this person? Like, you know, and it's just like, grow up. Be like Jesus. Forgive. But you don't know what they did. Well, do you know how bad you were? And God forgave you. No, I wasn't a bad person. We'll get there. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 in the message. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 in the message says, Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us, his love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. And this isn't in the context of marriage. <laughs> this is in the context of life. Love people. Be extravagant with your love. But what about protecting yourself? Now, how did Jesus protect himself? I don't know the answer. I'm asking the question. <laughs> how, how did Jesus have boundaries and, 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 and protect himself from getting hurt in relationships? He had Judas at the table. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying let Judas look after your kids, but I'm saying, you know, don't, don't, don't cut people off and build walls and, and push them aside. Like, love them. Why? Because you've got Jesus in you. And the more you become aware of it, the more you'll be able to flow like that. I mean, if you go look at the, like Marna was saying, the, the Corrie Ten Boom story, um, you know, she, she was preaching somewhere, uh, um, and um, the guy, one of the guys sitting in the back was a, 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 a soldier who she had seen um, who was um, 
just treating her sister cool and harshly before her sister passed away in the concentration camp. And she recognized him, and afterwards he came to her, shook, her, shook hands at the door, um, and you know, basically he said, you know, I don't know if you remember me, and she was like, I do. And, she's, and he said, you know, since the war, I found Christ. And I've, I've been praying for this day to say sorry. Please forgive me. And they could reconcile. I mean, we don't have situations like that. Eh? We, you, you, you get offended for the, the most stupid reason. It might be a molestation. I understand that. It might be something really harsh and cruel. But, I mean, look at it in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commends His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, by his death, by the death of his son, much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. You know what the problem is? Is you don't realize how bad you were. You think you're okay. You think you were a sinner, but a good one. As if that matters. You think that you know, the wrath that you would have experienced isn't as bad as the wrath that Hitler would experience. You think that, that, that it says that uh, you were an enemy of God. You, you don't, no one, we don't see ourselves as enemies, that we were enemies of God, but you were. You're not anymore, praise God. But you were, and when you realize how far you were from God, you realize how close you are to Him now. But we kind of don't see that. Because we, 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 we misuse or we're not focused on grace, right? You know, it says there, what's it in uh, Romans? Um, uh, you despise the riches of, what is that, how does it put it? Not knowing that the goodness of God leads man to repentance. If you go read the whole context of that, it's focused on wrath. And then it says, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. You can't truly see the goodness if you, can't, if you don't see how far you actually are from Him. So in, in our, our witnessing, you know, we might need to change a few things. But we need to see that, that, that we, we got a lot when we got saved. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Maybe you don't love people like you should because you don't realize how loved you are, how forgiven you are. Maybe you're not forgiving people like you should because you just don't realize how forgiven you are. Your heart is just so hard that you don't realize where you're at and, and, and what you've got. You know, we, 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 and I'm not saying this to be cruel or harsh or whatever. I'm just saying, hey, we, we need to see things the way that they are and wake up and be mature. What is that offense in light of eternity? You know, 
I think, uh, let's, just, let's just close our eyes. Father, I just, I just really just sense like, I mean, I don't have anyone to forgive right now. But I, I just sense that there's somebody here that you really need to forgive. That you really need to move on from something. And if that's you, just open up your heart. You know, you don't have to signal me or anything. I don't need to know. But, but just, just invite the Holy Spirit to pour out his, the Father's love in your heart. Romans chapter 5, I'm just going to read it to you. Verse 5 says, The love of God is shed abroad in the hearts and our hearts by the Holy Spirit which God has given us. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you now that you just reveal the depths of the love that we have. And that there would just be an overwhelming springing forth of just this love and forgiveness for us just to be able to let it go and live like Jesus. Not just in healing the sick and raising the dead and cleansing the lepers and casting out demons, but in not holding grudges and in in not holding people, their, their sins against them, but just forgiving and moving on. I'm just going to give a few moments, just if that's you, 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 just, you just do business with God in your heart right now. Just, you know, he, he's not expecting you to do this, but, but He knows that it's been holding you in bondage, and He wants you just to let it go so you can be free. He knows it's difficult, but it's just, just focusing on His love for you and the forgiveness that He's extended towards you. you father father I, I pray for all of us that we would all just um, focus in on receiving that love that you have for us focus in on walking in that love and that forgiveness and being like Jesus in, in, in all of those respects too that we would keep the focus, the main thing, the main thing. There's something greater than the success of your business. And there's something greater than your, your earthly prosperity. There's something greater than even your healing. And it's eternity. Help us to keep the main thing, the main thing, Father. Yes, there is healing. Yes, you want us to live well, but help us to to not get caught up in these things. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co. 
or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.